Okay, Rabbi say. I want to continue. We started. We started a conversation this morning that I want to learn a little more inside. All of us know that Avram Avinu came to share one day. We've learned it before Shabbos Kodesh. We studied a certain aspect, but Avram Avinu came to share one day, and he said, "Rabbi say today instead of Musr, instead of learning Chumash, instead of learning Taita, he threw out guns to the Chevra." He handed out guns or knives, whatever they fought with. And he said, today we're going to fight a war. He armed his Talmidim. He armed them. He gave them weapons. And he said, today we're fighting a war. And he went and he fought a war. A war that was... It was a miracle to win. The four powerful countries, four kingdoms... And Avram Avinu, with his Talmidim, went to fight a war. And there was a war. It would take a nace to win. As a matter of fact, we know that Avram Avinu swore that I'm not taking from the booty of this war, the loot of war, the spoils of war. And many Achreinim say, Momo, that the reason Avram Avinu didn't touch any of the spoils of war is because the Gemara in Tainistavchavdali says that a person shouldn't be nene from a nace. Don't have pleasures from a miracle because it's menake zechuyas. It loses merits. Sadikim don't want to take. They don't want to be nene from nisim. We want to save our schar from so they don't want to be nene from nisim. So many Achreinim say that Avram Avinu didn't want to be Nene from the booty because he didn't want to partake of Nisim. So this whole war was a miracle, Momo. Yes? Didn't he have the four kingdoms fighting with him against five kingdoms? No. The four kings beat the five kings. And then he went and captured those, beat those four kings. So he fought himself. The five kings were obliterated. And Avram Avinu went with his yeshiva and he fought f- these four countries. Avram took them on, Yosef. And the question begs itself, Viggy, why did he fight this war? He put his life on the line. It's not so simple to risk your life. How did he give up his life? By the way, it's Machlaikis Rishonim. We know for Kola Kula, if a guy says to a Yid, be Mechalel Shabbos, or I'll blow your brains out. What's the halacha? Be Mechalel Shabbos. Be Shabbos. It's a pasuk you're supposed to live. You're supposed to live. It's a pasuk. Be Only the big three. The big three, Gili Arayas, Shvichas Dom, and Avodizara. If a guy says, kill somebody, or I'll kill you, you say, shoot. A guy says, bow to Avodizara, I'll shoot you, shoot. If a guy says, Gili Arayas, have an Aser relationship, or I'll shoot. A Yid says, shoot, shoot, you open your button, you say, shoot. But here, not the big three, V'chaibam, you have to live. Are you allowed to give up your life for the other ones? The Rambam says it's Aser to give up your life for the other ones. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to give up your life. You don't own your life to give it up. You have no right you have no right to give up your life. You have no right. So, Avram Avinu fights a war. Mecha 
See, just the latter fight. He went and fought a war. He was giving up his life. By all rights, he was going to die in the war. Isn't that amazing? Because you have no life. You have no life. If there's nothing, you wouldn't die for. You don't have a life. If nothing's more... Life is about belief in something. If, if you don't have something that you say, shoot me, then what are you living for? Why that one I would think life would be so depressing. If I had nothing that I'd give up life for, then I wouldn't want to live life. I have things that, that this, is, this is why I live. I have things that are precious and beliefs that I'll die for. That's a life. That's a life. We have things that we believe in that we'll die for. So I'll, I'll pause. I'll pause. I'll tell you a side word that moves me to no end, but I hope I can get back. I hope I'll remember the other thought. Beza Hashem will find our way back. I don't want to go too off the derech. I don't want to get lost and lose the derech. I'm going to pause and share something with you that's moving to me on the parsha. Reb Dun Segel says in the middle of a shear, if you think of a story, you should say it over because Hashem's telling you to say the story. If I did that, we'd be talking a lot of sports. I don't do that. But this vert is too relevant to this. I'm going to pause, but then we're coming right back to here. To how Avram Avinu had the right. Mechatesi went to fight and put his life on the line. He was giving up his life. Does he have a right to give up his life to try to fight for his nephew? So I want to talk about that in a few minutes. Why Avram Avinu fought? It's a chiddush nifla. We have to study Avram because we want to be like Avram. It's a chiddush nifla. He was willing to kill himself. Mechatesi. Who says? I want to pause and I want to share something with you on the parasha that's mamish, this topic. I wasn't planning on talking about this at all. But since Thailand brought me here, listen to this, Ari. Earlier in the parsha, Avram is going with his wife Sarah to Mitzrayim. There's a hunger in Eretz Yisrael. And they go to Mitzrayim to get some food, not to starve to death. In Mitzrayim, when Avram Avinu nears Mitzrayim, it occurs to him, he has a very pretty wife. Mitzrayim are very, very aggressive people. Mole Zima. Very immoral people. And he realizes they're going to kill him. They're going to kill Avram Avinu and take his wife. So he says to Sarimenu, Imri no, do me a favor. Imri no, please say, Achaisi, that you're my sister. Because if you say you're my wife, he says, Hargu, I see, they're going to kill me, Vaisach Yechayu, and they're going to make you live. I'll read the words in the Pasuk. It's right before Shani. Imri no, Achaisi, say you're my sister. He says, when the Mitzrayim see how attractive you are, they're going to say, hey, this is his wife, or go I see, they're going to kill me. And they're going to let you live. Yosef Sandler, what did he tell her? Don't say you're my wife because they're going to kill me and let you live. Why does it say, Aaron, they're going to let you live? That's a good thing she's going to live. It should say, don't say you're my wife, because they're going to kill me to take you. Why does it say, and they'll let you live? 
Tzvi, you know what I'm asking, Tzvi? Take off your coat, your jacket, and I'm going to tell it to you better, Tzvi. Let Tzvi. Avram says to Sarah, Emenu. Yeah, Rabbi say, what the Olam forgot the rule over. No coats, no coats, no coats, no coats. Chas v'shalom, no coats, no coats. Back of the chair, No coats. I know it's hard to be wearing a Packer chair. Uh-uh, 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 excellent. Okay. Tzvi like this. Savram says to Sarah, don't say you're my wife. Vargu I see, because they're going to kill me. Vaisach yichayu, and you they'll let live. What's that? That's a good thing. What Avram Avinu mean, they're going to kill me and let you live? Because then she won't have to die because of your eyes. Oh, good moment, good moment. What is Avram should have said? Don't say you're my wife, because they'll kill me. It sounds like part of the problem is, you're, and you're going to live. So says Momo, and Baruch Hashem, my kids figure this out in the Seder, by, by Paroi, it says Paroi was geyser, all the boys to kill, and the girls he was going to keep alive. In, in the Lela Seder, we say it, that Paroi's gzera was kolaben, all the sons to kill all the boys and to leave the girls alive. Why does it say the Xera was to leave the girls alive? That's, that's not Xera. The answer is, of course, because he had immoral plans with the girls. The Xera was to kill the boys, and the Xera was to leave the ladies alive. Pashapshat, Avram is saying, they're going to kill me and leave you alive. That's the problem. They're going to leave you alive. That's the problem. She understood leaving her alive was the problem. What they were going to do to Sarimenu? They're going to kill me. The Bear Yosef says, fascinating, Rabbi say. The Bear Yosef says like this. Listen to this guyness. If Avram Avinu, he says like this, says the Bear Yosef like this. If they don't kill Avram, if Avram Avinu's alive, if he's alive, and they try to do something to Sarah Imenu so she can give up her life. I'm not doing an Aver, it's an Eish Now, even though there's a Machloikis, a man is Mechoyev to give up his life, not to be over Eish It's a Machloikis in the Gemara, it's a Shaila. Is a lady Mitzvah to do anything? She's Karka Olam, she's not doing an action. So even though Chaim Tzvi, it's possible a lady doesn't have to give up her life not to do Gili Arayas. It's possible. However, however, nonetheless, she's allowed to give up her life, says the Bar Yosef. Lemaise, it's one of the big three. There's no v'chai b'hem. Even if she's not mitzvah yitzi to give up her life, but she's allowed to. The Rambam holds, you're not allowed to give up your life for any other mitzvah. But Gili Arayas, you're allowed to. Now, even a lady who's not Mitzvah because she's Karka Oilam, but there's no Vichaibam in Gili Arayas. She's allowed to give up your life. So if Avram's alive, Sarah will just give up her life. But Hargua, you see, they'll kill me. Now you're not in Eshashish. You're going to Isach Yechayu, and you're not going to be allowed to give up your life. So the problem is you're going to live and you're going to have to marry a guy. That's a bigger problem than dying. That's what Avram Avinu said to Sarimenu. The problem is, Hargu, I see they'll kill me. And you, I saw you, and you'll have to, you won't be able to give up your life. That's a problem. This is how great people live. That's the problem. Isn't that amazing, Yitzi? 
This is what the Bar Yosef says. It's like chilling. They'll leave you alone. You won't be able to give up your life. She has to live with Mitagoita. She has to live with a guy that's like terrible. You won't, and you're not allowed to die. Like the Rambam, you're not allowed to give up your life. And if I'm dead, they'll kill me, and then you're not allowed to give up your life. Now you're a Pnuya, you're a single girl. A guy lives it, you won't be able to give up your life, and you'll have to be stuck with a guy. Hashem Yerachim. Hashem Yerachim. That's the problem. That's what Avram Avinu was thinking about. Her, her, they'll kill me. Forget they'll kill me. You'll be alive and not be allowed to give up your life. And you'll have to... What? Zechra, they knew the Avram Avinu figured out all of Yiddishkeit. So he said, I you'll have to stay alive. You're not allowed to give up your life. Now, Rabbi Say, the rule is for the big three, you give your life, not for anything else. By the way, if the guy, that rule changes, Eli. The Rambam holds you're not allowed to give up your life for anything else. But if the guy is trying to get you to do an Avera, if he's doing it to remove you from Hashem, if the guy is doing it, if the guy is doing it for his own pleasure, so then you live for any other mitzvah. Only the big three you give your life. If the guy's purpose is to remove you from Hashem, he's trying to remove, then you give up your life for any mitzvah, even for the Rabbanon. For a minute you give up your life. If he's trying to remove you from Hashem, you don't budge. Then you don't budge. He's trying to remove you from Hashem. Yosef Mendelovich, the great Russian refusenik, he was wearing a yarmulke he made for himself in the jail, and he held that you give up your life for any one of the mitzvahs, because in Russia they were trying to remove people from Hashem. They told him that take off your yarmulke, he said no. They said he had an old father, Yosef Mendelovich, he said, you want to see your dad? He said, badly. He said, take off your yarmulke and we'll let you meet your dad. He said, no, kill me, I'm not, I'm not taking off my yarmulke. They put his father, these idiots put his father in the next room and had his father talking that he could hear his father's voice and he was craving to see his dad. They said, you want it? He said, badly. Said, Take off your yarmulke, you go to the next room. You heard? They had the father talk loudly. Yosef Mandelovich's father died while he was in jail and never saw his father. He refused to take off his yarmulke to see his dad. He's not leaving from Hashem. He's not leaving. They're trying to do it. And they were trying to get him away from Hashem. They were trying to get him away from Hashem. He never saw his father again, Yosef Mendelovich. But he wasn't breaking a minog. He wasn't breaking a minog. He wasn't breaking even a minog. So if the guy is trying to get the Yid away from Hashem, then a Yid gives up his life even for a minog. Even for a custom... But if it's not that way, if the guy is trying for his own Hanor, so the Rambam says he can only give up your life for the big three. What is Pshat? Avram Avinu fights a war for his nephew. He's putting his right life at risk for his nephew. As such a chiddush. He wasn't guaranteed to be killed, so it's not like the same. The Pashtus is he'll be killed. That's the Pashtus. He's a couple of guys. Go fight the four powerful kings. It was a nace. The pastor says he was my senefish. So I'm going to share a shot with you in a minute. I have to say that what the Torah tells me when I read the words of the Torah is he heard kinish ba'achiv. He heard that his brother was captured. It doesn't mean his brother mamish. 
it doesn't mean his brother Mamish, because it wasn't his brother, it was his nephew, but he heard Kinishbachiv. He heard, Avram Avinu heard that his brother was captured. And the Torah wants us to know that his nephew was captured. He fought a war for his nephew. Now, Lemaise, Avram Avinu to us is the, is the spitz, is the epitome of kindness. Avram Avinu started a people of kindness, and Avram Avinu gives his life for Chesed, his nephew, Kinesh Ba'achim. His nephew was captured. And Stam, we must learn from here the value of family. Kinesh Ba'achim, he heard his brother was captured. The value of family. It's a Pasuk in Yeshiva. This has to be a top 10 Pasuk that I want you to sear onto your bones. That Goimel Nafshai Ish Chasid. Rashi says Goimel Nafshai's family, Nafshai's Mishpachtai, says the Pasuk, Goimel Nafshai, a Pasuk in Mishlei, somebody who's good to his family, Ish Chasid, is a man of kindness. Chesed is to your family. Goimel Nafshai is Chesed. People think doing Chesed's out there, the biggest Chesed's to your Mishpacha. I have taken, I remember once taking my kids sledding, and it, it was mamish, I was like the Kodesh Kadashim. it was Ne'ili Yom Kippur. I went sledding with my kids, it was holy of holies. People think big chesed, a guy works with some chesed organization, he packs box, it is much bigger that you take your sister out for lunch, much. I promise it's not close, it's not even like, it's, that's like a different stratosphere. We live in a fake world. The guy did some chesed organization. <laughs> you take your sister out. That's real chesed. Somebody who's good to his family. Chesed is a man of kindness. Kindness is to those closest to us. It's more glorious. The papers report kindness far away. Say, whoa, he's such a kind guy. He's such a kind guy. He volunteers for this chesed. It's very nice, all the chesed organizations, what type of father, what type of husband, what type of brother he is. The Iker chesed is for your family. Goim al And we study Avram Avinu. Our, the chesed Lavram, the epitome, the spitz of chesed, the Torah records that he fought a war. Why did he do it? Because he heard his brother, family. He heard his family was captured. He went to fight a war. It's very clear he wouldn't have done it for others. Mind you, this was a nephew who betrayed Avram. Mind you, this was a nephew who rejected everything Avram stood for. Mind you, this was a nephew who went... He renounced Hashem, this nephew. This is the nephew afterwards. He renounced Avram, renounced Hashem. And Avram Avinu went to fight a war to save his life. Why? Why? For his brother was captured. Now, we certainly have kashas that you give up your life. A Some of the chevers said it's not called giving up your life. It's a suffix. Good Shiloh. He fought a war. I'm going to tell you a pshat in a minute, but I have to also learn the psukim. And the psukim want us to know that Avram Avinu heard that his brother was captured. That's what Hashem wants me to have in my brain. Avram heard that his nephew was captured and he went to fight a war. Why did he go? It was a family member. 
It's not different when it was a family member. Achrayis to family. Achrayis mi al tesalim. Don't leave your family. Care about your mishpacha. Mi al tesalim. Never leave your family. Care about your loved ones. Mi al tesalim. When we study Avram and the chesed of Avram, don't ever forget that he fought a war. It was a family member, it's different. And he fought a war to save. And that's what Hashem wants me to know. Avram didn't have to say, if you read the Torah, you already know it's his brother, it's his nephew. We've been taught that already. We've been taught anybody who learns Chumash knows light was his nephew already. But it wants to say here that he heard his nephew by Yarkas Chanicha before the war. A Chiddush to fight a war. And he didn't do it to save the other people. I want to make a claim I'm afraid to make. I'm afraid to make this claim. So I say with trepidation, I ask the guys, I'll only say it if you don't believe me, Aaron. If you're going to take it as a fact, then I'm not going to say Are you going to take it as a fact, Aaron? Then I'll say it. I don't know I'm right. You ask Talmud Chacham, I don't know I'm right. The Gemara criticizes Avram that he didn't take back the people from El Sadaim. When he captured all these people, he should have brought them all into the Machna Avram. He should have brought them all into his team to serve Hashem. And the Gemara criticized Avram that he returned all of Melech's people to Melech's Adam. That must have been cash. Avram's the Makariv. You have a whole country. Bring them into Tachas Kanfei Ashkena. Bring them, Doivi, part of your team. Avram Avinu returns to Melech Sadaim as Arasha Merusha. Anshe Sadaim, Royim Mechatoim, Royim Lashem, Chatoim Livnei Adam. Mamish evil people. And he returns them. Yonatan and the Gemara criticizes Avram. I want to defend Avram. Chas Vishom, the Gemara says he made a mistake. I'm not Chas Vishom, the Gemara's a mistake. But what was Avram Avinu's Cheshbin? No, I didn't see anybody say. What was his Cheshbin? I wonder, Yonatan, that he wanted it clear. He fought for light. I wasn't fighting for all those people. They're wonderful people, but that I wouldn't give... He was fighting for light. If somehow that was a gairim of Bechet, he was fighting for light. He had one person in mind. He cared about all of society. It's a horrible thing that people were captured. The Chavetz Chaim had tremendous sar when there was some earthquake somewhere on earth and people, human beings died. The Chavetz Chaim was in tremendous sar. Of course, Sadiq can care about everybody, but that's not why he fought a war. He's not allowed. He's not allowed to fight a war to try to free all the people of Sadaim who were captured. You know why he fought the war? Because his nephew was there. Family responsibilities, and that's what the Torah says to us to give a hood about family. It's Pashat, you're an uncle. Do you care about your nephew? That's Pashat. But Lemaisa, Lemaisa, the Be'er Yosef says like this. Why was he Maisa Nefesh for Light? <coughs> Says the Bear Yosef that earlier, when Light parted ways with Avram Avinu, when Light was actually sent away from Avram Avinu, Light shepherds were stealing. They weren't, they didn't, they didn't muzzle their animals. The sheep were going around and stealing. To be around Avram Avinu, Yonatan, there's a price. The price of being around Avram is he demands to give, not to take. To give and share. And light shepherds were having their sheep graze on other people's fields. Gneva. They were not careful with mom and shalacherim. They weren't careful with the money of others. 
The Rambam gives only two examples of Ahapterecha Kamaycha. The Rambam gives only a couple of examples. One is to praise people. One of the Rambam's examples is to be chasan, mom and chaveri. Be careful about somebody else's money. Somebody else's money, to be careful with somebody's money. It's his money. Have respect to somebody else's money. The great Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, the Philly Rosh Hashiva, one of the G'dayle Adur, was in Waterbury, Connecticut for Shabbos. And on Shabbos Kodesh, what you're supposed to do, if you want to take a coffee from the urn, so you take the coffee, you put the hot water into one cup. That cl- cup is now a klisheni. The urn is the klishen, you pour it in a klisheni. Then you pour it into a third cup, now it's a klishlishi, and then you put the coffee in a third cup. That's a chumrah, what we do. We do the coffee. The reason it's not a problem of cooking the coffee is because it's already been cooked. Ein bishalach bishal. In a klishlishi, ein bishalach bishal, you put the coffee in a third cup. Now what you should do is, guys, don't put the coffee in first. Because if you pour from a klisheni, irui klisheni is the same as a klisheni. So if you pour from a klisheni onto a klishlishi, you just wasted a cup for no reason, because the same as putting it in the klisheni. So instead, put the hot water from the urn into the first cup, then put it into a second cup. Now that second cup's a klishlishi, urn klishlishin, klisheni klishlishi, then put the coffee in a klishlishi. That's what Yidna Machmir to do. That's what most of Kla Yisrael is Machmir to Kiveger. That's what we're careful to do. We take from the urn to one cup the hot water, put it in a second cup, and in the second cup put the coffee. Now, if the coffee, I've seen people already have the coffee in cup number two, and they take hot water and pour it on, they just wasted a cup for no reason. Because if you pour from the klisheni onto the thing that cooks, it's the same as putting it in the klisheni. Comes Reb Shmuel Kamenetsky, and he was in Waterbury for Shabbos, and one of my friends sees Reb Shmuel take hot water from the urn right outside the base medrash, cotton in the base medrash, and he does it on one cup, and then he put the coffee right in the klisheni. So he was surprised. One of the G'dayli Adar is not Machmir, Kivegers, Chumr, the Mishabura brings it. He said, Rebbe, you're not Machbid Klishlishi? So Shmuel like, didn't want to answer. And he pushed. He said, Rebbe, you're not Machbid Klishlishi? He said, it's a Chumrah. I can't waste a cup from the yeshiva, my Chumrah. Delicious, delicious. It's quite an extra cup. It's a Chumrah. Ba'alacha, you're allowed to do in the klisheni. So I, I want to do a frumkite on the yeshiva's account, another cup. He did only one cup. And he, he does the chumrah. He said, in my house, I do a klishlishi. But who said I have a right to use an extra cup from the yeshiva? Ari, what a maisa, no? Now, I forget being back, though. I would, that's a maisa. You heard of Flipper Anderson? Flipper Anderson caught a touchdown against the Giants in 1989. I was watching with another, with, and he caught a touchdown in the, in, in the playoffs. It was a, listen to this. Yeah, the, listen to this. If any guy in Yeshiva pulls a move off like this, me and Chaim, but it has to work. It has to make sense. 1989, Maish, it was, it was the playoffs, Giants-Rams. I'm a huge Giant fan. I'm on my grandmother's bed. I was watching on the, my grandmother's television in her bedroom. And the Giants and Rams are overtime. Jim Everett, Rams quarterback, goes up, 
goes back to pass, throws a bomb, deep bomb to Flipper Anderson. He catches the ball for a touchdown. You can look it up, it's online. He runs it in for an end zone. He doesn't break stride. He goes straight into the tunnel, into the locker room. It was one of the all-time cool sports moves ever. He catches the touchdown, and you can look it up on video. I showed guys this morning, and he just keeps running right into the end through the end zone into the locker room and just leaves the whole gym, the whole stadium. It's one of the all-time cool moves in sports and history. So I say after, what? It was overtime. It's overtime. He scores the touchdown to knock the Giants out of the playoffs to advance through, and he's gone. The whole place is looking for Flipper. It's like one of the most all-time selfish moves. Like, he's not celebrating with his teammates. Flipper was done. He just kept it. They don't know where he is probably still today. <laughs> you know about this play, David? It's one of the all-time. If a guy in this yeshiva pulls it off, look up and look it up. This afternoon you have homework. Flipper, Anderson, overtime touchdown. Plus, Shloyme, you know about this play? It, you've seen it? Before I said it? Wow, respect. It's like an all-time move. Any guy ever duplicates here, but it has to fit the moment. Like you hit a three and just like run. I'll tell the guard to let you through in front. Just run out of the gym, the stadium, the camp. Just keep going. Run to New York. Yeah, he ran a guy over. This is it. This is it. Look at this. Look at this. He runs that guy over. Right? Wow. Show Yosef. Show Yosef. Everybody. I say after this story, like Ari, just run. Like, <laughs> not a beautiful story. <laughs> it's an old time. He's gone. He's gone. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about that one. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about that one. We'll talk about that one. The kids are at Varmiz Chevro. <laughs> Amazing, mice with them. Shmuel, no? Yeah, incredible. That's up to clear V over there, right? Why did I say which thing? No, I'm sorry. No, I'm saying Ari left after such a mice of Shmuel. Like, just run. Like, no. I was saying, like, that mice, you have 100% right. Like, don't look back even. Just. <laughs> that mice like ends the game, Pasha. It's a beautiful story of sensitivity. It, it was Yana's Mammon. Yana's Mammon, somebody else's money. We were talking about being chas al Mammon Chaveri. To have pity, somebody else's money. It's amazing. It's a, no, no, we give her shus. Take the extra. I want guys to learn the halacha. Take cliche and cliche, then put the coffee in there. But the amazing sensitivity to be chasal mom and chaveri, to have pity and to think about somebody else's money. That's Tvarim Shutim. Had I tzushed all that, Tavram? Everybody said, you get me, take me back? Let's get back. Oh, love you. Thank you. Says Nechemia. Thank you, Nikki. Says Nikki that Lloyd couldn't be by Avram. He's asked to leave. Avram's yeshiva. Avram sends him out. He parted no You know why? Why couldn't he be by Avram? Because his shepherds didn't muzzle the animals they were grazing beside the Sachem. It's easy to rationalize. It doesn't say they stole. Light shepherds weren't going of him. My sheep are, you know, n- n- munching a little on Yenna's field. Like, and it wasn't them. It wasn't them. They're sheep a little, you know, the shepherds' gray. You know. It wasn't, it wasn't like a maizeg neva. 
Sheeps are not mitzvah and geneva. But Avram Avinu, you hear his nephew, Avram brought everybody close. Why is light sent out? Because the shepherds of light, there wasn't even lights like, my sheep, what do you want from me? No, no, no. Your shepherds are not muzzling their sheep when they walk by somebody else's sudden. Say that, okay, he walks by. Hazard. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, you can't be by base Avram. Avram is a world of caring about the next person. What? Yeah, it's Shane. It's the mazik of Shane. Very good. The chayif to pay. I'm just saying it's like a chumrah. My muzzle, my sheep. Is it worth the pruta? But by Avram Avinu, you couldn't be around Avram. If you didn't have the understanding to be chas al mamun chaveri, to care about your friend's money, so such a person couldn't be by base Avram. And Avram asked light to leave. Now, when Avram asked light to leave, when Avram says to light, he parid no under these conditions, you can't stand me, he says the following line to light. He says, wherever you want to go, go. He parid no but you have to separate from me. If you go to my left, I'll be to your right. If you go to my right, I'll be to your... What a weird expression. Avram is not going anywhere. And like, go wherever you want. What does Avram mean? Very profound. If you go to the left of me, I'll be to your... Right. That's true. If you go to my right, I'll be to your... Left, duh, I mean, yeah, it's true. Like, I love, I have like this hobby of collecting, like people say the obvious statement. My kids like, Coach Brian is an excellent coach, not in any way mocking, it's a way of coach speak. My kids would imitate in the house. He would say to the guys, if you don't get back, we ain't going to be back. And my kids like that, like, <laughs> if we don't rebound, we don't got the ball. My kids like that, yeah, we don't rebound. It's like, yeah, but it's coach speak. He was excellent. They weren't making fun. It's just the way of coach speak. If we don't rebound, they have the ball. If we don't play defense, then they score. Yeah, yeah, if there's no, yeah, like, it's, it's like, <laughs> if you don't get back, they have a fast break, yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. You know, <laughs> he would always like state the obvious. That's a coach speak. Avram Avinu says to Light, "If you go to my right, I'll be to your." Oh, you think? <laughs> and if you go to the left, I'll be to the. <laughs> this is like this is like coach speak. Yeah, it does follow. What was Avram Avinu saying to Light? So Rashi says, of course, Avram Avinu was saying that I'll always be next to you. I'm always there. I'll read the words of Rashi. If you're to my left, I'll be to your right. It wasn't just an obvious statement. It means, wherever you dwell, I'll never distant from you. I'll always be a shield and a help for you. When he said, Tzvi, if you go to the right, I'll be to your left. You go to the left, I'll be to the right. It means I'm always going to be there for you. That's what Avram Avinu was saying. I got your back, Light. That's what Avram Avinu says. So when Light's parting, at the time Avram Avinu says to part, he said to Light, I promise you, I always have your back. That was his parting words. This moves me to no end. Says the Ber Yosef a little while later, Light is, is captured. 
Now Avram Avinu, has, it, his life's on the line. Says the Bear Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Salant Yonatan, he went to save Light because he said, I'm always going to be there for you. And he held it was a chilol Hashem if he doesn't listen to those words. It, he held it was a chilol Hashem. And chilol Hashem, you give up your life for it. He held that for that, I have no choice but to fight. If I don't fight, I said, Yonatan, I'll always be there for you. If all of a sudden, now did he mean he would give up his life? That's not what he meant, Chaim Tzvi. He said, I'll be there. But says the Bar Yosef, it would be a chil Hashem. You said you're going to back him up. Now he's, ca- now he's captured. No. Keep your word. Keep your word. You said you're going to do it to keep his word, not to break his word. Says the Bar Yosef, not to break his word. Now I want to be honest. Chaim says, Kalos, you spoke about loyalty. According to this, it's about commitment. My right to say loyalty is the Pasuk says, Vayishma Avram ki nishpa achiv. The Torah records that his brother was captured. Vayarkas chanicham and he fought. That's the words of the Torah. He heard his relative was captured and he fought. Clearly Hashem wanting me to hear that he fought for a relative. The Be'er Yosef is saying that there was a different reason. Now, I still have a Pasuk, Vayishma ki nishpa achiv. I don't know. The Ber Yosef is bothered by Lahalach. Are you allowed to give up your life? I don't know the answer. Is he allowed to give up his life for that? The Ber Yosef says, Wow, wow, welcome home, Oki. Welcome home, Oki. Excellent, excellent, excellent. The Ber Yosef says, What? It's still a loyalty. It's a loyalty to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different loyalty. Yeah. To his word. To his word. He gave word that I'll. Now, by the way, the word was to a relative. But Avram Avinu promised that I'll be a mugging, that I'll always shield you. To back up that promise, you said you'll shield. To back up that promise, Avram Avinu keeps his promise. He had promised to be a shield, and as such, he goes fights even to the death. Even to the death, I gave you my word. Yes, Yehuda. Good question. Excellent question. Excellent. Excellent question. Yehuda says, very good, you fight. You bring your Talmudim to back up. That's a good question. I don't know the answer. I was bothered by that, Kashi. It's an excellent question. <laughs> it's an excellent question. Like his own, his words, he promised, The only thing I thought of, Yehuda, the only thing I thought of with that is he could bring his Talmudim out to him, but I'm not sure. I, I don't want to... What? Both, we have on both of my pshatim. Nephew, that's you, not your Talmidim. Your word, that's you, not your Talmidim. It's a bomb cashing. I don't know the answer. That's what I thought, that once like the Rebbe, it's a good guy. I'm not coming, I'm not an agenda guy, guys. I don't make the news, I'm just learning Tyre I'm bothered he brought his Talmidim. I hear, I hear. That's, I, I, there may be something like that. Yes, yes. Says Talmud Shagoyle Maglim Rabbi Imoy. Somehow, Kedish Nefla. Says Maglim Yeshivasa Imoy. It says such a line that the whole Yeshiva goes to Golis. That's what they're tiny. Once the Rebbe went, he had a Cheshbon. Once the Rebbe goes, so they go with the Rebbe. I'll tell you a story. Okay, you forced me. Where's Yonatan? I need him to hear the story. Listen to a story. Now he forced me. 
This is a crazy story, but this is the story as it happened. I'm only, I'm not coming to make the news. My main message is today, Rabbi Say, we're loyalty to family. And to back up your word. Your word, he said, I'll be an Azer, he gives up his life. I'd can my messages. Now this is L'Shem Rabdan Segal. I'm going to share a story with you. This story is as it happened. This is only because the Chevra said, had Yehuda, this Yehuda Shwem's Kasha, Yehuda asked, how did the Talmudim go? The Rebbe went. So Vigi said, because they were loyal to their Rebbe, I'm going to share a story. Mm-hmm. What happened was, my Rebbe, in Yeshiv Farakaway did not have so much shaykhs to the Masifta. He was in the base Medrash for years, Yonatan. And the Masifta was pretty hands-off. Once a year, he was very much ran the Masifta. It was called the retreat. Once a year, we went to a hotel. And on that Shabbos, my Rebbe, Mamish, ran the Shabbos. He had a Q&A once a year that was Gefaldig. He made a Kumzitz. He said the great Torah. He spoke. One Shabbos a year, he ran the Masifta. It was a very important Shabbos for the Masifta guys because we got to hear my Rebbe the whole Shabbos and really be with him. It was a, you can imagine from his angle, he's a human being. He runs the yeshiva, he kills, he gives his life. To, he pays for everything in the yeshiva. Tremendous achrayas. You and I are sitting here, don't ever forget Ray Kaufman. Pray for him. And bimakir taiv, you and I have a dandy time partying. There's somebody who accepts the yoke. You know what it means to accept the yoke of supporting this place? Costs money, and there's somebody who worries about it and has it on his shoulder. I don't have it on my shoulder, you don't have it on yours. He has it on his, appreciate that, Svi. So my Rebbe has the yoke of the Masift on his shoulder. Now at least if you have the yoke, you should get to be involved. Once a year, years ago, he was very hands-on with the yeshiva. Till today, Tzvi, behind these scenes, he runs a lot of the yeshiva. People ask him, Shailas, the Rebbeim, he, he, he's in charge of policy. He hires the Rebbeim, but hands-on, he doesn't connect a lot. That's not what he's busy. He's busy in the base mesh. He's busy with other things. Once a year, he gets the gishmak of dealing with the guys. So he gets that gishmak. I'm sure he likes it a lot. Comes this year, we go upstate to this retreat, and this is my Rebbe's chance. And Friday afternoon, a Bacher's appendix explodes. A guy's appendix goes, and he has to go to the hospital. My Rebbe can ask any Rebbe in Yeshifarakwe go to the hospital with the Bacher. He can ask any Rebbe, any older guy, the Obeis Medrash guys, any 12th grader, we had plenty of 18-year-olds, could you go with the Bacher to the hospital? My Rebbe says, skedaddle to the Shabbos, and spent the Shabbos, he going to the hospital with the Bacher. That alone is a remarkable story. If you know about the retreat, this is his Shabbos. In a second, he gave up his Shabbos. I happen to, the story really could stop there, though it doesn't. I happen to admire that tremendously because successful people adjust to plan B. He obviously, we all look forward to that Shabbos, as does he. And that's his Shabbos. We're, and done, he's done for the year. Wait for next year. He gave up his Shabbos. I promise you, he likes it and we liked it. And that year, he booked out. He could have asked any other Rebbe Achrayis responsibility. 
Tzvani Yonatan, that people who are dealing with the masses often run over an individual. Always keep in mind the masses are just a whole bunch of individuals. Never run over one guy for the masses. I get very nervous when yeshivas kill a kid. He's hurting my yeshiva. Buddy, your yeshiva is just him and his friend also. They'll throw out a guy, beat up a guy, kill a guy. Well, he's hurting the yeshiva. We really wanted to keep him, Kalish. We just couldn't. It would be bad for the yeshiva. But you, you killed the guy for your walls. I hope you paint and treat your walls. Yeshiva is just him, his people. So my Rebbe taught me a tremendous lesson that he said bye to a whole yeshiva, one bacher had to go to the hospital. The buck stops by you. He told me Achrayas responsibility. It was a marvelous lesson that he booked out on the whole Shabbos, but it didn't end there. So my Rebbe leaves the Shabbos, goes with the Bachar to the hospital. Now, a friend of mine says to me, and another friend, he said, Kalish, my father's on the Shabbos, the Rebbe Nishifarakwe. Friend of mine says, let's go to the hospital to be with Rebbe. He's going to be there alone the Shabbos. Let's go to the hospital, borrow your parents' car, and go to the hospital, drive us. I was 18. Take your parents' car. You'll bring me and this other friend, and we'll be with Rebbe for Shabbos. What are we waiting back at the hotel? What We, we want to be with Rebbe. So let's book out of the hotel. Forget the whole Shabbos, my friend said, and let's go to be with Rebbe. So I thought it sounded gishmak. So I asked my parents for the van. I want to leave for Shabbos. You want to leave for Shabbos? I want to leave for Shabbos. Can I have the van? My parents are very easygoing people with this. Daniel, take the van. It's yours. So I drive my two friends, and we go to the hospital to be with my Rebbe. We don't want to leave him alone. We get to the hospital, and my Rebbe came outside. So I don't remember how we contacted Nobody had cell phones back at that time. We somehow contacted him. He came out to the parking lot. And he said, thank you guys so means so much that you came to be with me. Please get right back to the hotel. I, it's too much on me. I, I don't know what's going to be. I can't have it. Please go back to the hotel. Reasonable request. <laughs> thank you, but no thank you. Really nice of you. Thanks, but no thanks, Yonatan. He says, go back to the hotel. So I say, so I say, okay, I hear. My friend Svi says, Rebbe, we're not, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you, Rebbe, no. So my Rebbe said, very sweet of you, really nice, excellent, excellent, really nice. Now please, my Rebbe is six foot six, Yonatan, six six. And my Rebbe is a very serious person. He says, Tzvi, very nice, gishmak. <laughs> now please go right back to the hotel, thank you so much. I need myself here, I don't know what's going to be with the Bacher, I'm very torrid, I'm overwhelmed, please go back. So my friend Tzvi repeats again, Rebbe, I'm not leaving you. At this point, my Rebbe's just, he's a lot on his plate. Get back! Go back to the hotel! I said now, get back to the hotel. My friend said, Rebbe, you could be upset. We're not leaving. I'm like, Tzvi, we're not leaving? I said, Tzvi, let's get out of here. I never saw my Rebbe mad like this in my life. In my life. At this point, my Rebbe was an all-out angry. And I said, Tzvi, I remember, I promise you, I had one foot up in the van, onto the van to step in. Like, Tzvi, just come. I drove him here. My leaving. I would just book out. My Rebbe will kill me. I left the guy here. My friend Zelig, I was like this. Zelig was about where Dovi is, and Svi is right near an arm's reach. My Rebbe can sock him. He's like, Rebbe, I'm not leaving. I'm really sorry. I'm not going to leave you. 
So, me and Zelig, Zelig from the middle is not sure what to do. I am very sure what to do. And Tzvi is very sure what to do, just different ends of the spectrum. I'm like, Tzvi, please come in the van. I'll take you back. I'll, we'll sing. Whatever you want. Can we just go? So Tzvi's like, no, I'm not leaving Rebbe. I'm sorry. My Rebbe's screaming, yelling, jumping up and down. And Tzvi's I'm not leaving Rebbe. I'm, I'm just not leaving. No. It's cool, it's great. Well, I'll tell everybody that it was my fault. Do you get in the van and we'll go back? The bottom line is Tzvi is not leaving. Now, I don't want to look like the idiot who books out and leaves them both there. I'm like begging Tzvi. Finally, my Rebbe turns around and goes into the house, just walks, like storms away. And Tzvi, like, starts following. I'm like, Tzvi, please. <laughs> At this point, by the way, like, they argued for like a half hour. At this point, I don't even know if we would have made it back for Shabbos. Like really close to Shabbos. So I'm like, Tzvi is like right behind my Rebbe, arms reach. Zelig's like a little further back, like walking like very timidly. And I'm all the way in the back, very safe distance, even six foot six, he couldn't reach me. And I'm all the way in the back, like timidly walking into the hospital after my friend had like from the biggest chutzpah I've ever seen in my life, said, I'm not leaving you. I don't care how angry you get. So we get into the hospital. My Rebbe turns around in the most gentle of ways, and says, Good Shabbos, It was like time to accept Shabbos. Good Shabbos, Good Shabbos, Zelig. And then all the way in the back, Good Shabbos, Daniel. And he says, Good Shabbos, nicely to all of us. We then, so now with my Rebbe, Svi doesn't want to leave. It's Shabbos. I put away all the mooks and stuff. When the Kabbal Shabbos, Kodesh, it's Shabbos. My friend then, we're all with my Rebbe in the hospital. And then comes the great news that the Bacher, it's a dinky hospital in who knows where, and they, they say they can't do this surgery. The kid's father's rather a doctor. I'm friendly with the kid till today. But the kid's father's a doctor. And they have no proper doctor to do the surgery. He needed a serious emergency surgery. It already exploded. It was dangerous. And they didn't have the proper. To Machloik is me and the guys. We argue till today whenever we meet. If he flew or ambulance. I don't even remember which way I hold. But he either <laughs> flew or he ambulance to New York. It's been so many years of arguing. I have no idea the truth anymore. I can't even picture. We have a Machloikis. I don't know if they flew him to New York or drove him. We all of us fight, which happened. The only guy you for sure doesn't know is the guy who was flown or ambulance. He was out cold. But we have a big Machloikis. What? <laughs> we have a machlekes, but I say Tzvi, you were stammer sugar that day, so you're not neman, whatever you say. But anyway, the bottom line is we have machlekes, but he was brought to New York for emergency surgery. When he left the hospital, the head of the hospital says, "Chevra, you're out of the hospital. We got to leave now." Rabbi said, um, "We keep the Sabbath." And it sounded like, Tzvi, we can't leave. <laughs> so, so the bottom line is, is the lady said, you got to leave. So Rebbe said, we can't leave. There was nothing. The, my Rebbe is not in shape. There's Trum Shabbos anyway. And my Rebbe, even if no Trum Shabbos, couldn't walk. The hotel was a 15, 20-minute drive. So it's hours of walk. He physically cannot walk back. And Trum Shabbos would have been a problem. Rebbe said, uh, and there was nothing near there. There was no city, nothing. Rabbi said, we can't leave. The lady calls the cops. The cops come down and say, this lady, she's the CEO. She owned the hospital. And he, they said, it's private property. You got to leave. So we said, Sabbath. They said, oh, it's, it's so nice. It's so cute. You're wonderful people. Like, like we're so impressed with you. But you got to, like, you can't, I can't say it's Shabbos and I'm stuck in your house. She owns it. 
Chavra, <laughs> she owns this house, like, to Shabbos room. They were, like, so impressed with us. But they said, if you're not out of here, it's trespass, and we're going to have to arrest you. And she said, you take them away. So the cop said, listen, gather your stuff. You have 10 minutes. If you're not out of here, we're arresting you. You all arrest. We'll bring you to the jail. You're simply trespassing. So we are sitting and trying to figure out. The Bacher's on his way, either helicopter or ambulance, depends who you believe, to New York. And we're sitting in the hospital, and, but we can't leave. And the cops had said, 10 minutes, however long they gave us, that we're arresting you for trespassing. They're not out of here. A doctor, a doctor comes up to us in the hospital, and he says, come on, come So we follow behind. We're all like, we don't know what's going to be. Elio Anavi, in the form of a doctor, comes, and he says to us, he has a room in the hospital. He does. He has overnight shifts. They give him, he has a room in the hospital. He says, get in this room. How long, when could you get out of here? So he said, tomorrow night, after Sunday, you know, after, after Tzais, 72 minutes. <laughs> with Benu Tam, but he, he's, like, he's like fighting with us. Well, you know, is it possible? 72 minutes after, you know, we explained to him when we could leave. So he says, stay in this room, don't leave. If I'm caught, I'm fired. She owns the hospital. And I'll put my job in the line all for you. Me, my two friends, where we stay in this room, the rest till, and then 72 minutes just disappear. She catches me, so I'm going to be fired on the spot. I hid four guys. And she was fuming. She's get out of it. She was anti I don't say, every guy gives me a ticket. I don't call an anti-Semite. They're actually just keeping things safe on the highway. She was anti-Semitic. I'm telling you, there was no, there was no reason. We would just, we won't take up space. We'll go to the waiting room. We're not going to hurt any. We don't want any food. She was taunting and saying mean things. Jews. It was like, Pashtas, it was anti-Semitism. This doctor, so Friday night, we asked the doctor, it was the best Shabbos in my life. I spent the Shabbos in this room. We didn't have any food. And I sat with my Rebbe. And we had the most glorious Shabbos I ever had in my life with my Rebbe. In the hospital room. We were very, very quiet. We didn't want to make any, any trouble. We didn't want to get them. I remember the janitor came Saturday morning to clean the room. We were scared he's going to report us to the head and get that, the, the, us arrested and the, we were afraid to get arrested. I remember he came from Ozone Park. Remember my Rebbe was from Ozone Park. His father was a rub there. And I remember the, my Rebbe telling him, please don't tell anybody that we're here, like we can get in trouble. I remember the words the janitor said. He said, I'm blind in one eye and I can't see out the other. He was saying, I won't tell. He said, I'm blind in one eye and can't see out the other. I didn't see you guys. The bottom line is, is Friday night late, the doctor came in the room and he said, you're probably wondering why I gave up, why I risked my job for four Jews I never met in my life before. And why did I risk my job? What, I have no gain in it, zero. He said, why would I risk, and he said, if the lady is a jerk, he said, no kidding. And he said, if, I'm, if, if she caught me, I'd be fired. She would fire me. So I risked my career. You know what it means? A guy got a job. I risked my job for you. You're probably wondering why we said we are wondering a lot. Yeah. So he said, I'll tell you why. He said, I'll tell you why. He said, when that boy was being transferred, I saw this rabbi give him a kiss on the cheek. So I said to one of the other doctors, why isn't the father going along or something? in the helicopter or ambulance, I don't know. He said, why isn't the father? He asked, like, what's going on? So somebody said, he's not the father, he's the principal. 
He said, in my life, I never saw a principal care for a student like that in my life. I saw the kiss. I said to myself, I'm going to help these people. I didn't even know what was going on. I just said, if I can in any way be of assistance. Then word went around the hospital what was going on. I heard there's like a lot of excitement there. They're throwing out three people. She's a famous jerk. And there's like her last escapade. So he said, that's why I'm helping you. I'm helping you because I never saw a a principal care about a student like this in my life. And then we were Zaycha to the best Shabbos of my life. Till the Shabbos Neretz Yisrael that we have with the alumna every year. I never had a Shabbos like that in my life. It was elevated. It was Kaddish Vitar. We davened together. We sang together. It was a Shabbos direct out of heaven. The things that went on, it changed my life that Shabbos. I'm a different person. Yonatan is a different friend. Nikki K is a different friend because of that Shabbos. That Shabbos with my Rebbe. But it reminded me of Chaikel's question. Chaikel asked, Avram has a reason to fight, though, but the Talmudim, Talmudim fought, because they went with their Rebbe. Let's go. Let's go. Okay.